The Jets' offensive line has looked better the last couple of weeks. Have they found their offensive line of the future? We'll discuss today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review, and if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Today we have our weekly mailbag show. Each Wednesday we try and do a mailbag with listener questions. Let's jump right in, and our first question is about the offensive line. John, I thought the Jets' offensive line looked quite a bit better this past week, despite playing a pretty explosive pass rush. Do you think we have found the long-term lineup for the offensive line? Yeah, I think there's no question about it. Since Dwayne Brown went down and went on injured reserve two weeks ago, you've seen a better performance by the Jets' offensive line. You know, they they had to shuffle it, and it's it's really tough to do that. It's really tough to throw guys in spots next to guys they've never played with because a lot of playing on the offensive line is about chemistry. It's about knowing how the guy next to you is going to deal with a pass rusher, the timing of passing a guy off from one lineman to another. And you complicate this further by the fact that the Jets have multiple guys playing out of their natural position. Joe Tippman, who has very little experience at guard, mostly a set, mostly playing center, you know, is playing guard. Elijah Vera Tucker, who did play tackle in college, but outside of two weeks last season, maybe I guess three weeks because he did play that game where he got injured against Denver. You know, he's been a guard for his most of his NFL career. Makai Becton, who you know has a lot of experience at left tackle, played it in college, played it his rookie season uh, with the Jets, but guy who had been training to play right tackle moves over to left tackle. I think grading them on a curve, you have to say that the things have looked pretty good. Now, I think there are some caveats there. I don't think the run blocking has been particularly stellar, and we'll get to that in a little bit, a little bit later on in this podcast. I also would note, and I said this yesterday, you know, if you're an everyday or you've already heard this, the Jets are definitely leaving extra blockers in more frequently. The first two weeks of the season when Brown was at left tackle, when Becton was at right tackle, when Vera Tucker was at right guard, the Jets left an average of one of 0.17 extra blockers in per snap. That's up to 0.5. So essentially, you know, more or less, and you know, it gets a little convoluted if you, you go too far, but essentially the Jets have gone from leaving an extra blocker in, say, one out of every five plays to one out of every two. So Jets are definitely like giving these guys more help, I think, in part because there's not a lot of chemistry there. They know that they have guys out of position, but also because you know, Zach Wilson is a little bit not, not capable of doing quite as much as Aaron Rodgers was. He needs a little bit more help, especially when we're talking about pass protection. So all these things are contributing to this. But that said, I mean, Elijah Vera Tucker, I think through two weeks at least, is holding up pretty well at right tackle. Will he be able to do that over the long run? You know, we'll see. There's been a lot of skepticism because he doesn't have like great arm length. And you, you, know, you can dismiss this stuff all you want. The idea behind tackles needing to have good arm length is because you're out on an island against explosive pass rushers. So you need to be able to make the first punch. You need to be able to make the first contact using your arms. But it, you need to be your arms need to be long enough that you're not lunging forward because you need to be balanced. And if you're not balanced, then, you know, professional 
if you're leaning, professional pass rushers are going to be able to take advantage of that and they'll be able to gain leverage on you. So it's an open question. Can you handle that? With Tipman, I think part of the question is, do you want to leave him a guard? This was a guy who was drafted to be a center. So, you know, that's an open question. Tipman has looked pretty good at guard so far. And it's always the balance of, you know, what this was why he was drafted versus do we adjust based on the way things look right now? Because sometimes unexpected things happen. I, I remember when I said Tipman was drafted, you know, it was not a 100% guarantee that he was going to end up at center. There was always the possibility maybe he ends up a guard. He has the physical traits potentially to play tackle, although I don't think the Jets are going to go there. I think another question is Mekhi Becton, who I would have to say that of the five on this current line, is then the weak link. I, I don't think he's been very good. I think he struggled at right tackle. I think if we're talking about Becton, I mean, I'm, I'm, in one sense, he's exceeded expectations because he's been able to stay on the field the first four weeks. And, you know, he had, injuries have not been an issue the way they have been the last two years. But the caveat is I don't think he's been very good. I don't think he was very good at right tackle, and I don't think he was very good at left tackle. If we're looking for the guy who's been the weakest player on this line, I think it is Becton. So, you know, there's always the question, is he shaking off the rust? Perhaps. Hopefully he gets better. I don't know that there's a clear yes or no answer to this, though, because I think a lot of it will depend on, well, first of all, the rest of the season, because we're only four games into a 17-game season. So we got 13 games to go. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. We'll see whether Vera Tucker can hold up long-term at that tackle. We'll see whether Tipman, you know, continues to look pretty promising at right guard. We'll see what Becton does going forward. But I think another part of this is that you don't really know what's going to be there in the offseason. You know, is there going to be an opportunity to get a tackle? You know, the perception right now, at least, is that the tackle position is pretty deep in this year's draft class. And the Jets will have their first round pick, which was not something we were expecting. We were expecting the first round pick to go to Green Bay because we were expecting Aaron Rodgers to play two thirds of the snaps. And that's if you're if you're not familiar with the trade the Jets struck with Green Bay. It was that Green Bay would get the Jets' first-round pick if Rodgers played two-thirds of the snaps this year and a second-round pick if he did not. Obviously, he's not going to play two-thirds of the snaps. So it's now a spot where the Jets might be able to upgrade the tackle position. So do you replace Becton? You know, do you look to move Vera Tucker back inside the guard? I mean, I think the cleanest answer would be find a tackle that allows Vera Tucker to move back to his natural position and Tipman to move back to his natural position. But we don't know what's going to happen. And I think that, so I think that it, it depends on a lot that's still out there. That's unknown. I think it's very possible that the jets just, if this works, you might just stick with it. You might want to not want to mess with a, a form that's working, especially on the right side of that line. But a lot of it depends on how the rest of the season goes. A lot of it goes back to the opportunities the jets may get going forward. It, it's tough to say. It really is. So I'm sorry. That's not, not much of an answer. But these are the factors that I think will will determine whether or not, because I don't think that there's, there's a clear yes or no yet when we talk about this. Next question is from Cameron. Why did Hackett get away from the longer passes? It felt like after the half, the vast majority were little dump off passes, which shortened the defense's area to cover and locked up the run game again. You know, I think it's tough to say. Um, sometimes, you know, we criticize the coaching staff for not opening up the offense but it's just the read the quarterback makes. And sometimes, you know, the guys further down the field aren't open. So, you know, I think I do think Hackett was too conservative with his play calling in the first couple of games. But, you know, a lot of the times, like we, the play caller gets criticized and it's not entirely fair because these are the decisions the quarterback's making. And 
sometimes that's the correct, a lot of times it's the correct decision where the guys just aren't really separating down the field. So I don't know that I'd necessarily get on Hackett for that. I, I, to be honest with you, I thought Hackett did a very good job and I've been very critical of Hackett. And I think it's been fair because I think the first three games Hackett did not do a very good job. I can't even give him a pass for the, for week one, because I mean, what do you do when Rogers goes down four plays into the season and you've been planning everything around him week two, week three, the game plans were not good. The week, I think the game plan was better though. Um, you know, I think the Hackett did a good job of opening things up. I, I would not blame him though, for the offenses, uh, struggles in the fourth quarter. Now, Hector, on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball. Why did the Jets get off to such a slow start? Why did they play so much better going forward? We'll discuss continuing this Wednesday mailbag edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you are prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny Iyer has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I don't probably, I probably don't need to tell you this, but Brees Hall is a great fantasy pick. Yeah, he's had a couple of rough games, but his explosive 56-yard rushing game on only six and four is great foreshadowing for his best game of the season. When the Jets blow through Denver in Week Five, look for Hall to fly a mile high with his speed and explosiveness. The Broncos' defense is falling apart against the, the run, especially versus faster backs. Expect Hall to go off to help the Jets try to get a much-needed road win. And I don't need to tell you that because we're already be on your fantasy team. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. And this is a revenge game for Brees because Denver last year was where he suffered his injury. So I'm sure he's going to be plenty motivated. Vinger, absolutely right about that. He's our he's my colleague at Locked On Fantasy Football. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship with advice like that. You should know that eBay Motors, eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And the same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one rider died, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or dive alive at ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to us customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making lockdown jets your first listen or first watch every day. And every day is a big shout out to you. This is a daily podcast covering the New York jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. We continue with our weekly mailbag. Now our next question, John, the defense was awful in the first quarter against the chiefs and then stepped it up. I don't understand why no doubt it's challenging for every team in the, in the NFL to show, slow down the chiefs but I believe they matched up okay against their offense. Was it game planning? Did the Chiefs add something new for which they were unprepared? Was it poor preparation for the Jets' offense or for the Chiefs' offense on the Jets' part? For some reason, were they just simply flat at the start of the game? So if you go to my website, gangreennation.com, I, I broke a couple of these things down. And really, the Jets, the Jets allowed two long touchdowns. Now, the defense was not good in general, but there were two really bad breakdowns in the first quarter of that game. And essentially, the Jets, the Jets just did not respond. The, the Chiefs did a couple of things that essentially caused a breakdown, but I blame it more on the Jets than I give to the Chiefs credit. You know, over the last couple of weeks, you've heard me talk about Nathaniel Hackett and the need for an offensive play caller to put stress on the defense. And these were two good examples because essentially on the Isaiah Pacheco long touchdown run, I think it was like 48 yards, the Chiefs put a man in motion and the Jets essentially shifted their defense because a man in motion re re kind of resets the defense. You need to have guys in the right place to both stop the run and to deal with the potential pass. So we're depending on where offensive players are aligned, 
you'll need to shift your defense if, if that changes. Essentially, the Jets, the Jets left the gap at the end of their line completely unfilled. The gap is an area between either an offensive lineman and an offensive lineman or an offensive lineman or a tight end or a tight end of the tight end. It's essentially the space next between blockers. And the Jets essentially left the, the gap at their offensive line at the end of their off at the end of the line uncovered because of a shift that they did because the Chiefs went in motion. And there were a couple of borderline penalties on that play, but Jets really busted that run assignment. And then on the uh, the touchdown by Gray, you know the, the long touchdown pass from Mahomes on third down in the first quarter, the Jets essentially again busted a coverage. And what happened was Sauce Gardner was on Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs had a very congested formation, which meant Sauce had to kind of play off because otherwise he may get caught in traffic. And because he gave such a, a, a such a cushion, Kelsey running a shallow cross was going to give him problems because he was he was playing so far off. So essentially, Jordan Whitehead thought that who was guarding Gray thought that he needed to switch on to Kelsey because he was in better position, but sauce didn't switch and Gray ended up getting wide open because essentially he ended up with two guys on Kelsey and nobody on Gray at the end of the play. You could see them kind of argue. So I don't know whose fault it was, but there was miscommunication there. So I don't think it was really schematic. I think it was just the jets executed better. The defensive line, which has not been good enough, you know, this thus far in the season really started to heat up. I think Bryce Huff played excellently. Bryce Huff snap totals going up. I still don't understand why he's getting less snaps than Jermaine Johnson, though. You know, Jermaine Johnson, who got so much hype, and I guess has been okay. You know, he's not Bryce Huff's the best defensive end on this team right now, in my view. So he needs to play more. He played a really good game. I just think the Jets played much better. You know, they they had a couple breakdowns early, and the Jets just came out flat. I mean, even on the offensive side of the ball in that game, I and mean, they they couldn't execute the timing on a jet sweep. They couldn't execute a flea flicker. I mean, a flea flicker should not end in the sack. At the very least, you know, it should just be a throwaway because nobody's open. But the Jets ended up with a sack on a – like, they just came out – they were so discombobulated when they came out. I think it was difficult to understand. So, I, I don't know. I, I think that the Jets um, the Jets just came out flat in general. The defense did not execute well enough in the first quarter. And I think that was the issue. I don't think there was any any major schematic adjustments. I just think that they uh, they came out and they didn't execute. Next question is from Pat. John, last week, Zach Wilson looked as good as we've ever seen him in the NFL. And a lot of that has to do with being more aggressive on offense and letting Zach take some chances. Next week, we play the Broncos, who have one of the worst run defenses in football. Do you think we should try and establish the run first or stay aggressive with Zach throwing on early downs? Well, I don't think we should go back to like what they did against New England, which was in the first three quarters of that game, they ran 10 out of 13 times on first down. Jets had a much better balance in this game in that I think help them have success because I don't care how bad your defense is. If you, if Denver knows you're going to run the ball, they can just load the box up. They probably will be able to slow the jets down. I think you have to stay unpredictable. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, throwing the ball on first down is some sort of magic elixir. That's going to guarantee your offense is going to have success. I think it depends on the team. I think it depends on your, your circumstances. The problem was with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, the jets were just way too predictable and they did not have the offensive line has been better. The offensive line is not good enough to, run the ball against, you know, these loaded fronts, though, when everybody knows the pass is not a threat. So I think they needed to throw the ball on first down to kind of loosen the defense, to keep the defense off balance. I think that's what works for this team. Again, you know, a, a team that's with a more dominant rushing attack, maybe they could do something a little bit different. But that's my my view in general is just the Jets for, for this Jets team to have success on offense, they need to throw the ball early. And hopefully Zach Wilson can continue to hit the reads that he's hitting and throw accurate passes the way the way he has. I mean, I don't think there's any other formula. The Jets need to be balanced. 
you know, other teams may not be need may not necessarily need as much balance, but I think this Jets team has shown you through the first four weeks that if they don't have offensive balance, if they can't throw the ball, especially on early down successfully, they're probably not going to have success. So I think they just got to keep going with what's working. Stay unpredictable. That, that doesn't mean throw the ball every time. It was close to like a 50-50 split on first down in this game against Kansas City, running versus passing. And they had success running the ball. And I think part of that was that the fact that the, the threat of the pass was on the table made the run game better. So I think just keep mixing it up, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you found the formula. What, what you were when you kept trying to run the ball on first down, it wasn't working. When you mixed it up a little bit, it worked better. And you keep Zach Wilson out of those bad downs and distances. You know, it's easier to throw the ball when the other team's not sure what you're going to do. When you run the ball for one yard on first down, suddenly it's second and long, and you have to throw, and it makes it much easier to defend the pass. And Zach Wilson still needs all the help he can get. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We'll close out this weekly mailbag show. We're going to talk about why the run game. It's been, you know, kind of up and down for the Jets so far. The averages look good. They're not having success, though, on a play-to-play basis, and we'll discuss that continuing this Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Jets. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in your life, you know what's good for you, but your brain gets in the way. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just cannot do it? Well, therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back. So you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Therapy has a lot of benefits. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it is not just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, consider BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Wednesday mailbag show. Let's move on. Our next question, John, the running game is still terrible. It feels like the Jets need to pass 80, 80 plus percent of the time to have a consistent offense. Why is the running game still struggling? And it's is it both offensive line and running backs? How does this get turned around? Well, yeah, so I think there are a couple things here. So if you look at like the Jets average per carry, it's pretty good. In fact, Brees Hall is averaging 6.6 yards per carry, but that's based on a lot of big runs. Yeah, so there's a, there's there's like kind of like two metrics you look at. First is like yards per carry. The Jets are pretty solid there because they're hitting home runs. But there's also this thing known as success rate. Uh, the website Football Outsiders came up with that over a decade ago, which unfortunately I think Football Outsiders no longer exists. But essentially it judges you on a play-to-play basis. What's your success? Like is the run you, that you're making a success? So it's something like, you know, on third and 19, if you run for 18 yards, yeah. Your average, but was the play really successful? No, because you needed to pick up the first down. Whereas on third and one, if you get two yards, it, your average doesn't look very good, but it's a successful run. And the Jets are very good. The Jets are very good at yards per carry right now, but they're pretty low on success rate. I think there are a couple things. First of all, the run blocking has not been great. You know, changes. I don't think it's been great. Second is, I think Brees looks pretty good. It's not going to average six point six yards per carry through the season. That's going to go down, but. Even on like some of the more mundane runs he makes, where it's it's like he's turning what should be a two yard loss into like a three yard game, and it, you know I think like over ninety five percent of his yards have come after contact. So the blocking's not doing a great job for him. I, I don't want to like make it out like Brees has been perfect, but I think he looks very good. I think he's going to be fine. And look, he's not he's not going to average six point six yards per carry, but 
he's going to start grinding out those you know five six yard runs more frequently. You know you're going to see less. I think you're going to see less losses, even if you don't see quite as many home runs from him. Dalvin Cook's a different story. Dalvin Cook's not reading the blocking well. I think he's missing some holes. I think he's trying to bust too many thing too many plays to the outside, which may have worked for him earlier in his career. But I think he's past the point where. You know, he's really pro- – I, I hate to say it because I advocated for the signing, but I think the signing is proving to be a mistake. So I, I think there are a couple of things that can fix, fix this. One is the offensive line, the more they play together, the more they will have chemistry. You know, Earlier in the show, I, I said I'm not sure whether this is the offensive line of the future, but for right now, this is going to be the offensive line for the Jets. I don't think there are going to be any changes unless there's injury. So as these guys get used to used to playing with each other, you'll see them block better. The second is they need less carries for Dalvin Cook. And the, it happened again, and I guess we didn't care because the Jets' offense had success. Brees was limited to six carries against Kansas City. He's they got to give Brees more carries. Second time in three weeks, Brees is not seeing the ball all that much. Dalvin Cook, they just got to get – they got to take away his carries. Try Izzy Abanaconda, even try Michael Carter a little bit more. Cook's not helping this team, though, right now. I mean, he's, he's pretty much a black hole on offense. Now, of course, like there's gonna be some some at some point he's gonna break a big run and you know he'll have a good game or two, and people say, Well, everybody's been questioning Dalvin Cook. Well, I'm not saying he's incapable of making a good play. I'm not saying he's incapable of having a good game. What I'm saying is that over the long run, I don't think he's helping this team. I think the Jets would be better served giving his carries to somebody else. Next question. Hey John, it looked like the Jets were trying to get Xavier Gibson more involved in the offense by the designing runs for him. While I like that he's getting touches, it seems like his size and quickness would be better suited for the pure slot. With Zach getting the ball out quicker, it seems like he could be the perfect safety valve. Do you foresee an offense with Gibson and Rucker working the middle of the field and Wilson and Lazard playing more of an outside role? I think the Jets will mix and match. Yeah, look, the biggest issue with the slot is Cobb. You know, Cobb's utility is very limited to this team. On like a third and three, can he find the hole in the zone? Is he a professional route runner? Is he smart enough to find where he needs to be? Yeah. He's not beating anybody, though. And, you know, like this is one of those guys who... You see this all the time in the NFL. Guys who are, it's like it happened with Frank Gore three years ago. Guys have had long, productive careers. They're very respected in the league. You know, you can't say anything bad about them personally, but they're at the end of the line. And announcers, because maybe because they're friends, maybe because they're hesitant to criticize players, they just praise them. And that's what's happening with Randall Cobb right now. You know, if you watch that game Sunday night, Collinsworth was going on about how, how savvy Randall Cobb was. I think more snaps need to go to Hardman. I think Gibson needs to get more touches. I do think the Jets are going to rotate guys, though. I don't think like this is a team where you're just going to have like one slot receiver and a bunch of outside receivers, and that's all they do. I think you guys will rotate in and out between the slot and the outside. So that's that's how I see this going for the Jets. That's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast source, give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the show. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.